What's up, people? I'm Erica, and this is Cocktails and Capitalism. We have a very special drink today that is actually a custom Cocktails and Capitalism drink from my friend Krista, who is our special guest today. And I'm going to let her explain what that drink is. Yeah, so today we are drinking the Bipartisan Breeze, (laughs) a fun new take on the Bay Breeze. (laughs) So you start with a standard Bay Breeze, which is one and a half ounces vodka, three ounces cranberry juice, and one and a half ounces pineapple juice. Uh, Mix that, pour it into a highball glass with ice, and then do a gentle little quarter ounce float of blue curacao at the end. Make sure you put it in at the end, because then you get your nice little layers. (laughs) Because we all have to come together, you know, our our, our blue and our red friends. Eventually. When we're writing transportation bills, you know. Yes, that's true. That's very true. (laughs) Krista actually came up with this drink herself. She she crafted it herself. (laughs) The flavors go so well together. Adding the orange into a Bay Breeze, the orange flavor of the blue curacao is, like, dope. (laughs) Yeah, and what I was surprised is I drank this and it tasted so much like a tiki drink, despite, totally. like, it's a vodka drink. Like, it, I didn't expect that at all. All you need is an ounce and a half of pineapple juice and you feel like you're on the beach. Yeah, totally. And you've got this huge, huge punch bowl that you're drinking <laughs> it out of over there. That's amazing. It's like a fish bowl. And it looks very strange now that I've mixed it together. It just looks like a swamp. I thought it would be more purple after mixing it, but no. <laughs> It's quite green, so I'm really afraid that there's going to be like, yeah, I like something's going to jump out at me, (laughs) a gator or something. A gator. I mean, mine. I've arranged mine into ten little shot glasses Mm. with refills to go, but then I added the blue curacao at the end. So each one is like pink at the top, reddish pink at the top, and then blue at the bottom. It's really lovely. So. Today, we're doing kind of an unusual episode because we are wading into current politics much more deeply than episodes typically do, um, because there is a really, really important bill that's on the table right now, the infrastructure bill. And this has a lot of potential to change the landscape of the economy across the U.S. with ripple effects around the world. This is actually a topic that we had been talking about a little bit together and Mm -hmm. Krista decided that she wanted to tackle it. And I was so impressed that she just wanted to dive right in. (laughs) So, so, so we decided that we're going to do this together and to make it a little more fun since talking about money and bills and spending packages can be really boring. So we decided, (laughs) Krista decided actually that we should do a drinking game for this one, which was brilliant. (laughs) So we chose six different words and names that we were going to use any time these things come up and we're going to do a shot. Please feel free to drink along at home. Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the the words and names that we chose were bipartisan, (laughs) Mitch McConnell, Pelosi, Schumer, Rob Portman, and Kirsten Sinema. Any part of these people's names then we have to drink, so. <laughs> yeah, I almost started drinking already just hearing that. I know, I know, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we need to add an extra one. Every time I accidentally call the infrastructure bill the transportation bill, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I care about, I'm going to drink for that. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm excited. Since Krista is new to the show, we decided that something that we could do is talk about some of her background and why 
this infrastructure bill is really important relating that to what she's really passionate about. So, and I like this especially because I want to get more stories from listeners about what turned them into anti-capitalists, what made them question capitalism to begin with, um, you know, just kind of explaining the story behind that realization or awakening or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, I'm going to just kind of hand the mic over to Krista for a little bit and get a little bit of her story and kind of introduce yeah. you guys to her too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hello. I'm Krista. <laughs> My favorite color is green. <laughs> My favorite movie is The Princess Bride. <laughs> nice. Um, and I am an anti-capitalist. Fuck yeah. Um, I guess, like, just to kind of give a little background on, on, like, who I am is, like, I, I currently live in Denver. I am studying for my master's degree right now, which focuses a lot on equity and sustainability in urban transportation. So you can see why I might have a one-track mind. <laughs> um, so I'm cool, hoping, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really love it. Um, and after I graduate, I really want to, like, teach at community colleges. Um, I really love teaching, and I think it's super rewarding. And I can do that at community college without having to stay in grad school for more. I don't, yeah. don't want to do the more grad totally. school. Yeah. But, and I feel like just teaching at community college is just, like, more engaged in, in the local community and people who are really interested in, in learning and, and impro yeah. improving their lives. So... Totally. That's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. And and we talked about going over like why am I an anti-capitalist? Mm -hmm. And I was preparing my notes for this and I realized like you know, page like three pages in, I was like, <laughs> okay, this is this is a lot actually to dump on a bunch of strangers. <laughs> but I, I feel like when I really thought about it, when I really like kind of dug down why am I an anti-capitalist? I guess I'll summarize it like this. I think that the work of humanity is in creative work. And I think that that is our calling as a species. And humans are not meant to be selling manual labor, selling their labor. To, they're meant to be writing and dancing and painting <laughs> and feeling and thinking. And this labor is just hard to to quantify and sell yeah yeah but but this is where like human beings find purpose and fulfillment and not mm -hmm. just like on the individual level but on a species level yeah so i think there's this i think there's this common idea among certain classes of society i guess that like poor people are stupid and i feel like <laughs> I feel like especially on the left, we need to be aware and careful not to, like, talk down to poor people as if they don't know what's best for them. But, yeah. like, I guess my point is poor people are not stupid. They are tired. Yeah. And yeah. everybody deserves rest. Like, I think rest is becoming this thing that is part of the revolution in a way. Rest is radical. Mm -hmm. And if we don't let people rest, we're missing out on, like an immeasurable, unquantifiable value of, like, insight and thought and art. Absolutely, yeah. And I guess that's why I'm an anti-capitalist. <laughs> that was beautifully put. <laughs> really nice. Oh, thank you. 
when I was thinking about it, the reason that I had to summarize it into this very abstract kind of idea of of why I'm an anti-capitalist is partially because when I really thought about it, like events and ideas, I guess, that led me down this road, I was like, I feel like every step of my life has led me this way. (laughs) And that's just very hard to summarize in, you know, 10 minutes at the beginning of a podcast. Totally. Yeah, so this is where I'm at. (laughs) I am at school studying Uh equity and sustainability, but because of everything here. And then, yeah, I guess that's what led me to you. (laughs) I mean, I feel the same way, though. It's like everything in my life, I feel, led me to this point where I... I can address these big overarching topics because it's all I think about these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to have this venue, honestly, because before I was just drinking and yelling about politics in bars. And I feel like <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm saving a lot of patrons some, some peace by doing it here now. And maybe finding a better listener for <laughs> for these pants, you know. <laughs> yeah, willing, that's true. Willing listeners. <laughs> willing participants, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that about you, though. That's, I mean, I, it was kind of a serendipitous meeting in that, like, Krista's just as anti-capitalist as me, and she also is really into cocktails. So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And already crafting her own for this, so fuck. Yeah, girl. <laughs> oh, are we gonna have our, our first drink? We should we should cheers. Oh, oh yes. Let's do a cheers. <laughs> cheers, dude. Thanks for coming yes. on the show. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> totally natural internet cheersing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did that shot go down? Really good. Really mm-hmm. good. It's, it has a little bit of a different taste at the very very end because of the blue curacao. It's yeah. really, really nice. Yeah, because you're not mixing in them all, at all until you shoot them, right? Well, yeah, I, I just, like, have it layered here. See? Oh, God, that's so pretty. Oh <laughs> I know, isn't it gorgeous? It's just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love these. I think it should be a, a commonly drunk drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This, you should be able to order this at a bar. Absolutely. <laughs> and I should be able to get a cut of that. Yeah. Capitalism. <laughs> I own this idea now. <laughs> I wonder if you could uh, patent a cocktail and then oh. charge every single bar that ever served it. Oh, God. Well, you can to an extent because, you know, like, really? for example, there is a painkiller cocktail that is traditionally made with Pusser's rum. Hmm. And so if you have it on your menu at a restaurant as a, as a painkiller, you have to be using their rum. What? Yeah, what? yeah. So, like... Yeah, that's so in a way you can, but like other people get around it by just being like, oh, this is our, this is, you know, Applebee's painkiller. It's a Schmainfmiller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's our take on a painkiller, just with a slightly different brand of rum. I I go for the cheapest well rum, Mm -hmm. well vodka, whatever it is all the time. Oh, for sure. So fuck you if you're going to try to tell me which one I have to use. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, no thank you. Although Pooster's Rum is pretty cheap, so. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, that one I did do because I was like, oh, $22? I, did, I could. I can do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I really, really do recommend this drink, though. Everyone, it's super tasty. 
I, I just like want to do another shot, but I'm trying to I'm trying to pace it's, myself here. It's very drinkable. I'm trying to do like secret sips without <laughs> moving my, my metal straw so, to avoid detection. It's okay. You can uh, you can make sounds over there. I kind of like the the drinking sounds that happen on this it, podcast. It's immersive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's it called? ASMR? Oh, yes. This is now an ASMR podcast, <laughs> which is very quiet complaining about capitalism. <laughs> God, I fucking hate capitalism so much. <laughs> We're selling our souls. <laughs> when, when will the pain end? <laughs> this is getting really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> this is a, your podcast takes new turn for the strange. It, this always had some dark turns, but <laughs> we'll discover new dark ones together. Yeah, especially in this infrastructure bill. Yep, exactly. Which should we start talking about? That? Yeah, I guess so. So I did a little bit of research into the infrastructure bill and what has happened up until this point with it. So back in March. Biden proposed a $2.6 trillion infrastructure bill that would create jobs and re-energize the economy while beefing up transportation, buildings, utilities, in-home care, innovation, and green infrastructure. But then there were months and months of debate and negotiations, and most of these objectives that they had set out originally have been carved out of the infrastructure agreement. So instead of a $2.6 trillion bill, the bill in question now seeks to spend only $550 billion. Because many of the original pieces of the bill were removed from the infrastructure plan, a secondary bill uh, is crucial if we want to have any hope of advancing the really progressive measures that were put originally into the bill, like childcare, housing and education, manufacturing, and clean energy. To make up for the hollowing out of this bill, the Democrats are now proposing a $3.5 trillion companion bill that will deal with human infrastructure, basically. So, yeah, climate education, care workers. But fucking Mitch McConnell, of course. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> first drink. <laughs> fucking Mitch. Ugh. Feels good to do a shot when I hear his name. (laughs) (laughs) It feels natural. (laughs) Yes, it really does. (laughs) So McConnell has vowed that no GOP members would back the $3.5 trillion package. And then last week, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer... Oh, (laughs) this is going to go fast. (laughs) Drink again. (laughs) Last week, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer held a procedural test vote on the infrastructure bill. And this was just basically a tactic to get the process moving forward. Um, they, they didn't really expect them to vote yes on it. They, they just wanted people to show up and actually start voting on it, I think. So, so that it wouldn't yeah, just... Yeah, I was kind of... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, just so it wouldn't, like, stagnate. But what were you saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole test voting is confusing. And I think... Um, not to, to jump no, your, no. your script or anything, do it. but Please that's do. essentially what they did last night, it seems, too. And I feel like all of this voting that's not actually voting is, I feel like, so, it's so confusing from just, like, a citizen standpoint to, like, yeah. understand what's going on. I feel like we totally. hear a hundred times that, oh, the bill is passing. Oh, yeah, now I the bill is passing. Oh, oh wait, but it hasn't passing. passed? Oh, wait. It's passed <laughs> another vote. And it's just, like, this is, it's not very accessible to understand yeah. what's going on. 
even reading about reading every article I'm finding about it, you know, it's still mm -hmm. hard to understand. Like, does this actually mean it passed the Senate fully? Does this actually mean it passed Congress? Does this actually mean it's going to be law? Like, what does it mean? Yeah, yeah. And there's so, so much like politicking back and forth, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, Pelosi says this when it gets to the House, and like, oh, oh sorry, I forgot. Oh no 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 no. Feel free to jump in and just add to any of no. this because I don't really. No, I had to. I had to drink because I said her name. Oh shit! <laughs> shit I didn't realize. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> what was I even saying about Pelosi? Oh, like yeah, they're just like back and forth between the house, like oh, winking at the house, like this is gonna be fine, right? Like yeah. if we do this, and they're like, oh well, we can't say because we don't have the bill, and it's just like yeah, all of the like putting pressure in different ways, using different political tactics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's so exhausting. But continue. So last week, the $550 bill was approved by the Senate. It's almost really hard to believe that a bipartisan... Mm. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to get so drunk this time. <laughs> so, yeah, that was for bipartisan. But it's almost hard to believe that bipartisan Senate negotiations have actually reached a deal on an infrastructure package. Because the fucking <laughs> government never works. Congress, they never come together and agree on anything. I was kind of just shocked to hear that they were actually getting, trying to get something done here. Um, yeah. So the number two Senate GOP leader, John Thune of South Dakota, told reporters that Republicans still want to see the final details, but he was open to voting for the bill. And this is a quote from NPR. I want to encourage this because I think it's good to have a bipartisan exercise. Oh, shit. <laughs> a bipartisan exercise around here once in a while on something that matters. And it's important to people <laughs> in the country. <laughs> Duh. We have to play nice like once. Once in a while so that we if don't. If we pass one thing, they'll shut up for a while. <laughs> people's faith in you know our democracy working will return and then we're off the hook <laughs> yeah exactly or more just like the the standards are so low yeah that's all seriously. you have to do seriously we'll get bored oh my god <laughs> the standards are incredibly low right now but mm -hmm. so but shockingly 17 republicans joined democrats in voting to advance the bill which isn't the same as making the bill into law but mm. and moving it along for the House to vote on, too. So it's about $2 trillion less than the original infrastructure package. So that's, that's a huge, huge difference. To put that into some kind of perspective, the bank bailouts were a little over $400 billion. Wow. There will be a final vote in the coming days as the bill will have to pass the House. Unfortunately, House Democrats hold a razor-thin margin over the Republicans, so they can't afford to lose any blue votes at all. The Democrats are going to try to push this companion bill forward that I was talking about with only Democratic votes, so mm -hmm. with only 50 Democratic votes, which is going to be really hard. Um, and they are going to try to do that using a process called budget reconciliation. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is a way to circumvent the filibuster to get around the filibuster so the, the republicans can't obstruct the legislation and make it you know not able to pass at all 
So well, why don't they do this every time they don't want to? They don't want to filibuster. I don't know. I Is don't this know. what they do? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, it sounds like it's not, it's going to make Republicans really pissed off. You know. Oh. So yeah, this this budget reconciliation process. They're going to try to push it through without any Republican votes, and where they don't have to worry about the filibuster. But fucking Kirsten Cinema. Democratic representative from Arizona. Oh shit! Yeah, drink. <laughs> I need to start clinking. I'm like, you're talking, but girl, I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah. Clink and remind me. <laughs> yeah, that's your sound effect. We don't need a real sound effect. I'm just gonna. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so fucking Kirsten Cinema, uh, Republican or Democrat from Arizona, but she's just really fucking like a Republican. Um, she said she wouldn't support the $3.5 trillion proposal. She said, while I support beginning this process, I do not support a bill that costs $3.5 trillion. That seems so, arbitrary. <laughs> well, she's just like, it's too much. Just like the Republicans, they're always like, the, it's too much money to spend, even when it's investing in the things that are really going to make everything better for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, I mean... So AOC had some choice remarks to offer in response to Kirsten Cinema. She said, "Good luck tanking your own party's investments on childcare, climate action, and infrastructure." <laughs> For real though. Good job. Yeah. So Yeah, like fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how much power like one person can have yeah. in, in a body that large to like hold up everything like that. Yeah. Which makes me worried about People infiltrating the Democratic Party just to enact Republican legislation, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sh- yeah, just be a moderate Democrat, shifting mm-hmm. everything a little bit to the right, yep. you know? Just keep the momentum going, maintain the status quo. Yep, and I wonder who she's being uh, paid by, you know? Mm. So yesterday, Bernie Sanders, who's the Senate budget chairman, said... It is my absolute conviction that you're not going to have a bipartisan bill. Oops. <laughs> bipartisan again. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'm going to have to refill my shot glasses. Mm-hmm. I think I've done eight. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, our, you're our keeper because I'm just, I'm just drinking out of this bowl. I'm going to have to go refill. I do have extra <laughs> good, 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 in good. the fridge, though. I have pre-made this. I've got my carafe over here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, what I actually did is I, I made, like, so much of it to fill up my punch bowl. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, it is the middle of the day. <laughs> so I need to watch myself. And this shit goes down really easy. Oh, so, so I was easy. like, I'll just pour some off. I'll, I'll do it for the gram. <laughs> and then... And then I'll pour some into a mason jar. But oh. then I started doing that, and it did not work at all. Oh, no. Because it's a huge out, bowl. A bowl <laughs> is not a great spout oh, no. device. So I, like, poured some down the drain, and I was like, mm, oh, fuck shit, it. Shit, shit. <laughs> We're going hard. Oh, no. <laughs> I have a little extra. You poured some out, and then you left the rest in there? Or? Yeah, okay. yeah. Most of it, I, I didn't get to pour much out. Okay. Because it was good, just, good, like, good. slopping everywhere. <laughs> Nice. But I have a feeling I might need that extra anyway. Your your drink reminds me of um in It's Always Sunny, there's like a blue <gasps> yes, yes, blue hole. That's what inspired this. Ah! Yes, the blue hole. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, 
Uh, yes, one. I'll have one, and you'll have one. I want a whole bowl just for me. This yeah. is the first time I'm using this, too. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I I really am going to get one of those for future episodes yes. with you, where we can just both be yes. drinking out of our fish bowls together. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It doesn't sound very appealing when I say it like that, but it's just so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Just like that's that's you know just toasting with our giant our fucking thing. Oh my giant God. goblets. <laughs> I love that you know the it's always sunny reference too. Fuck, that's awesome. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, so I say something about Sanders. We already read that bipartisan stuff. So we're not going to drink again for that one. But he said it's my absolute conviction that you're go- not going to have a bipartisan bill unless you have a budget bill of three point five trillion. Yeah, yeah. Representative Pramila Jayapal echoed these sentiments, stating that. A small and narrow bipartisan infrastructure bill does not have a path forward in the House of Representatives unless it has a reconciliation package with our priorities alongside it. So yeah, some Democrats, like Kirsten Cinema, opposing mm. this investment in our people, our future, our environment. There's a lot on the line. That was most of what I actually prepared and wrote up, but then I also wrote down notes about putting this in perspective in relation to like the new deal and the bailouts and things. Yeah. Well, do we, do we want to move on to like what the actual yeah, content yeah, yeah. is I think so. of the bill? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Let's get into like what is actually going to be in the bill. Yeah, so yeah. like, we don't know, we don't know exactly what's going to be in there because that's part of, I think this procedural vote for the Senate, like it's moving the bill to, uh, be debated and discussed and add amendments to, mm-hmm. but they don't have the the actual legal text of what it is because, you know, yeah. that takes a long time and they have to let people write it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what we have, or at least what I have, is what the White House posted last night, actually, mm-hmm. on the 28th of July. Right after the Senate passed, it, passed it. Uh, or or yeah, yeah. voted to move it forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. <laughs> whatever you, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever they want to call yeah. it. Yeah. It, it's been approved to be debated upon or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but this is basically where we're at on the bill. And I'll just give like a brief overview of how this is breaking down. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go back and, and, and look at each of these categories a little bit in depth. Awesome. So... Here's what we have. We have $110 billion for roads, bridges, and other quote-unquote major projects. We have $11 billion for transportation safety programs. $39 billion in transit modernization and improved accessibility. $66 billion for rail. Um, $7.5 billion to build a national network of electric vehicle charters. I fucking love that. And then... Yeah, for real. And then $73 billion in power infrastructure and clean energy transmission. Uh, yay. <laughs> yes. So that is, our, that is our overview. That's the summary. Mm-hmm. And this is all just for our first infrastructure bill, not the second, like, quote-unquote human infrastructure bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is coming later. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So let's, let's break it down. <laughs> So on our 110 billion for roads, bridges, and other major projects, that is basically, it is bridge repair, replacement, rehabilitation, 
and then the extra, the major projects, they have it, major projects that are too large or complex for traditional funding programs, but will deliver significant economic benefits to communities. Huh. So that's 17 and a half billion. I don't really know what that means, yeah, but yeah, I mean, guess, you know, you, you have to build flexibility into a lot of these budgets, yeah, I think. Yeah. Because not everything can be planned for, but... Yeah, you're talking about a whole country, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. What you need in Southern California is going to be different than what you need yeah. in Missouri. Yeah. A lot of the specific details are going to be hammered out later, I'm sure, so yeah. Yeah. Um, but in this breakdown that they gave, that leaves like $52.5 billion of that unaccounted for, so I don't know what they're planning on doing with that. <laughs> but maybe they just haven't, you know, organized this fact sheet very well. <laughs> I'll, I'll give them I'll give them that leeway, yeah, but yeah. I'm curious about where that other fifty billion dollars is. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> uh, one one thing I want to add there is like you were talking about bridges and stuff. I, I heard mm -hmm. that there are bridges in the U.S. that are over a hundred years old, which is oh wow, really scary. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. you're driving across that to work every day. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm. Like, fuck that. Yeah. We, we're, we've yes. been so remiss about investing in, like, the basic things that mm -hmm. allow our capitalist country to operate. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> the, the road, the literal roads that allow all of these businesses to keep running and, you know, selling things. And, like, you need that for this to operate. Yeah. And you'll see, like, a reoccurring theme as I'm going through this is that a lot of this money is for back maintenance mm. like these things have been on the docket for a very long time and yeah. they just haven't had the money to fix them yeah yeah yeah. And, and like reading this has made me so nervous like how many of the huge infrastructure like things that i'm using every day are like moments away from collapsing totally <laughs> i mean for that's, real it's just like yeah that's it's a real concern that people yeah. all across america have to kind of face and they don't even think about that you know <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And we think that we have, like, the, um, the state-of-the-art, the best, you know, infrastructure all around the world. Like, no, no, we don't. Yeah. And it's also about what neighborhood you live in, yeah. you know? Like, yep. you, you live in certain neighborhoods, you're not going to even notice how bad the infrastructure is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, after our, our roads and bridges, yeah, that, that is really exciting. We do definitely need bridge repair. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, we have $11 billion in transportation safety. Mm. So, in here, what really struck me is America has one of the highest road fatality rates in the industrialized world. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is um, straight from, from the horse's mouth, <laughs> White House. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, wow. But, yeah, I didn't realize that. So this, this money is to help kind of reduce those crashes and fatalities in communities, and it's kind of focusing on highway safety, truck safe safety, and then also pipeline and hazardous material safety. Mm -hmm. Pipeline safety. I wonder what that oh. means, goddammit. Mm, I know. Oh. I, <laughs> I was I was a little triggered by that like, with all the... Let's drink. I was like, just... Yeah, yeah. Good, good point. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Don't talk to me about pipelines. No, I don't want to hear anything about Yo. pipelines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That, you, I'm got just some, like, you had some shit to account for on pipelines. Uh, 
if if that just means the National Guard that we're going to have defending these pipelines are going to get all this injection of cash. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll have to look into that more in the future. It Well, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's why I broke this down a lot, and it, it might seem tedious at times, no. but I wanted to, like actually look at everything you say this is doing yeah you know there are some things in here that make me raise my eyebrow yeah, yeah, more yeah. than a little bit yeah 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 for sure <clears throat> so our 39 billion in transit modernization and improved accessibility so here they talk a lot about focusing on the elderly and people with disabilities mm-hmm. which is important those are a lot of people that are using our, our public transportation infrastructure right now yeah um, they want to uh, modernize our bus and rail fleets. I think that's really exciting, and I think yeah. it's a thing that people don't realize is important about, like, the bus system, for example. Like, my friend who's European, and I know, like, trying to compare transportation <laughs> uh, systems from Europe and America is, like, apples and oranges. But, yeah. Like, <laughs> The quality in buses is so stark, hmm. so starkly different yeah, between yeah. here and Europe. And it's, it Where is it's like, like a, a class thing, life. you know, it's like here it's really lower class to ride a bus because they're just mm-hmm. poorly funded. It sucks. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, imagine if we could have our public buses with Wi-Fi on them or outlets oh to charge your phone. That would be... Outlets would be crazy. It would be so important for yeah. people experiencing houselessness, for example. Oh my god, like, yeah. Just to have a place like, oh, I can get on the bus and ride across town and charge my phone. Yeah, like, seriously. Or I can do work on my way to work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which yes. capitalists should be stoked about. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so modernizing our bus and rail fleets, increasing accessibility at stations is something they mentioned. Hmm. I don't know if they just mean, like, nice stations, but when I think about accessibility in um, in stations, I think there are a lot, a lot of bus stops that do not have benches at them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. considering, like, the, so many elderly yeah. and people with disabilities yeah. are using these, like, to ask somebody to just stand there for 20 or 30 minutes. However the fuck long it takes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly, yeah. Yeah. Like, we should have more benches. So I don't know if that's included in here, hmm. but I would, um, yeah. I would like to see that. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> accessibility, I, I immediately think of two people with disabilities. Yeah, and even, like, accessibility can also be directed at, like, for I mean, I'll just use my own personal experience here because it's all about me. <laughs> um, but I use my bike in public transit all the time. And so just, like, having infrastructure that lets me transition easier between, like, biking and using the bus or biking and using rail, like, yeah. that is infrastructure that would greatly improve my, oh my, my own personal accessibility. Yeah, and, and, I mean, how much does that level the playing fields for people that can't afford cars and that can't, you know, can't in- always be ready to pay for every time your car breaks down, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I just want to bring this up because I feel like it's a personal detail that people relate to, but Krista just had her bike stolen recently. <laughs> just some fucking bullshit. <laughs> don't go after people's bikes, yeah. you know? I that don't is, have a car. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's... When you take away people's mode of environmentally friendly and more affordable transportation, that's a huge crime that pisses me the fuck off. So. Yeah. 
I mean, did I tell you I, I got a new bike yesterday? Oh, you, no, you did not. Oh, my God. I did. I got a new bike. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. yeah, it looks very similar to my old bike. So I feel a little oh. bit more at home, more comfortable, oh. because I was I was having a lot of problems picking out a, a new bike. Oh, I was wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to, like, a used bike store, and I looked at all the bikes just like, like a sad puppy dog. Like, <laughs> no. It's not my bike. I can't. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your? But did I, you have a name for your bike? I didn't. Oh. But I'm trying to start naming things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, we talked about I, naming things, and then they disappear. You don't want to name things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm trying to do this because my problem has always been like I nothing ever feels right. You know, like I can't. Yeah. I have a problem giving things real names. Like you're an object. Like I know you're not a person. Well, you knocked and it out of the park reason... with naming your bong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. You want this included, but <laughs> no, that's okay. I got a new bong recently, or my first bong, I should say. Oh yeah. And her name is Emma. <laughs> I named her after Emma Goldman. Fuck yeah, that's my favorite <laughs> shit ever. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll drink to that. <laughs> You see why I like this chick, people? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to start naming things. I, yeah. I don't know. Objects, objects can have a personality, and I want to, I want to reflect that. And I, I, yeah, I want It's easier to say a name than my bike all the time. <laughs> so honestly, I, I just want that for ease of communication. Totally, something that you form a real close bond with too. After all the time you put in, yeah. It was my daily commute on that bike. You know, I didn't leave the house much during COVID, but yeah. when I did, it was on that bike. Yeah. And I, I am going to miss that old girl. Aww. She's very stylish. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to but, see photos of your new one. Yeah. Check so it, it out. Goes. I'll, post, I'll post it on my story today. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, yeah. need to, I need to alert the public. <laughs> <laughs> she's had a bipartisan breeze and she's ready to hit the roads. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> All right. But back to transportation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess we were still on transportation. Yeah. yeah. The bill. Uh huh. Um, other than. Wait, okay, you called so, it a transportation bill? Did you just do that? No. <laughs> that counts. Okay, we'll count it. <laughs> yep. So we also want to expand the service area of transit. That is what some of this money is going to. Hmm. And it's going towards purchasing thousands of electric vehicles, mm-hmm. including including buses. They talked about school buses, public buses. Electric school um, buses? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, and this, this I want to harp on, too, because this is so important for a lot of different equity issues. Like, yeah. it's good for the environment. But bus depots are always much more likely to be placed in marginalized neighborhoods, especially predominantly black neighborhoods. Hmm. Um, so, for example, I did a little research into a neighborhood in Harlem that had a bunch of these depots and residents would complain because like, the first thing in the morning, all these buses are just warming up. They're idling and just spewing emissions oh, wow. into their neighborhoods. Oh, wow. And like huh. those, yeah, the diesel fumes are like much more likely to, to give kids asthma, for example. Hmm. So this is just environmental racism yeah, and green gentrification. Uh-huh. And environmental racism and green gentrification is definitely a soapbox I can get up on. It might be for another day. 
I but, definitely want you to dive into it deeply. <laughs> Do you want to quickly tell people what gentrification is just in case they don't know? Or like green green gentrification specifically is when you use kind of sustainability language as a way to revitalize certain neighborhoods to attract maybe a more affluent, mm. whiter mm-hmm. community to move in. Mm-hmm. And it often pushes out the marginalized folks who are more likely to actually... Oh, God, I have a... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> really, what, what green gentrification is, is it's connected to a lot of these kind of neoliberal ideas about... Let's clean up our city, which is a good thing to do, right? You want to revitalize these areas, these like brownfields or these former factory sites that are contaminated. Yeah, we want to clean those up. But when you clean those up without thinking about the community that you're in, and when you do it in a way that you're intentionally attracting more affluent yeah. wider yeah. members to your community like that is green gentrification gentrification more generally is when more affluent people come into an area and kind of kind of price out the people that don't have as much money and so then they have to move away right yes using like the green appeal of a neighborhood greening up a place mm-hmm. and then saying oh yeah here all you wealthy people come over here it's so nice <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, because like, and one of my my colleagues uh, doing her master's is also looking into this idea of like community gardens, for example. Mm -hmm. So like when you bring in a community garden to a neighborhood, who is using that? Is it, you know, your your poor community members that need food to eat? Yeah. yeah. um, That they don't want to purchase? Or is it just rich, white yuppies who just like gardening? (laughs) And, And it's like... No hate on them to have a place to garden, but, like, we have to be intentional about these decisions with regard to city planning. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know, have you ever been to the High Line in New York? Mm -mm, I don't think so. So the High Line is this really great park in New York City. Mm -hmm. And what happened was it was a rail line, and it was abandoned. And so it was just, you know, useless city infrastructure that's rotting away. And they decided to turn it into a kind of park slash, like, installment. Mm -hmm. So it's a really skinny little park that, like, goes up a bunch of blocks along um, the east side of New York, of of Manhattan. Uh And it's really beautiful. I went there at the time that I visited New York, and I loved it. But the thing is, is that part of that was also, like, bringing in museums and, and bringing in you know, like, shops that, you know, f- fancy white people like. And, <laughs> and so this this whole neighborhood, it quickly became a place for tourists and mm. rich people mm. instead of for, wow. you know, the community that already lived there. And there are ways to avoid that, but you have to think about them ahead of time. I mean, does that displace the people that are already there, or does that bring wealth to the people that are already there with the tourism? I mean, this is a good question, and maybe we should do a whole episode on this, Ooh. but that, that is the rub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the rub yeah. there. Uh-huh. 
and this is kind of what my whole thesis is about. Like, well, you know, like maybe you can have urban revitalization without gentrification necessarily, yeah. or without displacement, but yeah. it takes work. It, uh-huh. You can't just like do it willy nilly. You have to be super deliberate about exactly how mm-hmm. you're planning it out. Yeah, these these are things that we need to be taking account for in urban planning. I I love that you're tackling topics like that because that's so important but people don't even think about it usually as such a crucial part of the picture yeah and it can get really frustrating because it's like there's this dichotomy between like we want everyone to have access to green space right like it's good for your mental health it's good for your physical health Mm -hmm. um it's good for the ecology of the city to have green space speaking of ecology of the city (laughs) as a motorcycle goes by (laughs) Yeah, and this idea that it's like, oh, you just have to have one part of the city that's shitty so that poor people can live there. Oh, and God. Like, do we... No. Do we really? Do no. we really just have to let them live in, in the shitty part of the city? Like, why don't we just make everything a little bit Yeah. Nicer? Parks everywhere. <laughs> Parks everywhere. Yeah, oh, gosh. I have just, like, a tab of Google that says green gentrification and I'm looking at pictures of the High Line and I'm getting worked up and I just need to close it. Okay. We were talking about the bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Buses. Electric buses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sweet. This is why we need electric buses. <laughs> Period. <laughs> totally. And that's such an important point that people could actually access electricity, use their phones, get jobs mm-hmm. because they can access the internet mm-hmm. and have power yeah. on their phones. You know? Yes. So the next big chunk of money is for rail. Hmm. So we have $66 billion for rail. Now, $22 billion of that is going to Amtrak, which is a for-profit company, technically, even if it does function in a kind of quasi-public manner. Hmm. So I did a little look into this because I was like, that's a lot of money to be just giving to some corporation. Yeah. But this has always been kind of the deal with Amtrak. You and I were talking about public-private partnerships. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before. Uh-huh. And I think this is maybe a little bit related to that. There was a bill that kind of created Amtrak, but mm. specified that this is not a government institution. Like... We 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 aren't this company, but we support this company. Wow, interesting. So huh. It creates, yeah, kind of, I feel like maybe this is the effect of compromise that nobody's happy. Mm. But, like, <laughs> so, like, the problem is that conservatives find that, like, we're giving all these subsidies to Amtrak. We're just subsidizing nostalgia is essentially the kind of predominant feeling about this. Mm-hmm. Um so they think it should be fully privatized, naturally. Yeah, of course. And I feel like it shouldn't be a for-profit company. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. But Seriously. it is considered one, like, traveling by train is considered one of the, the more energy-efficient ways to travel. Mm. So mm-hmm. there's always that. Yeah. Yeah, so they're giving $22 billion to Amtrak. They're giving $24 billion to modernize the kind of northeastern rail corridor, which is kind of where, like, most of the rail infrastructure is right now, if you Mm. think of, like, trains from Boston to New York to D.C. type Uh of thing. That's where a lot of the, like, passenger rail is. Yeah. So that's just to update that corridor. Hmm. 
and then there is 12 billion that is set aside for partnership grants for inner city rail and i think this very much is the the public private partnership well, stuff that i was talking to yeah. you about this is our our, our neoliberalism grants Uh-oh. where it's like yeah. <laughs> it, well it's it's just you know this idea that i mean i've heard, I had a professor describe neoliberalism to me as like the transition from the government as a service presi- provider. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm slurring my words. So I'm in. It's transitioning from the government as a service provider to a service purchaser. Mm-hmm. I see. I, I like this kind of definition of neoliberalism because I feel like it's very easy to, to like understand and sink your teeth into. Yeah. Because this is like... I feel like this is the problem I heard so much about growing up, where it's like, oh, the federal government spending $300 on a hammer. Like, you know, it's like, why are we purchasing services that cost so much when we can just provide those services? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so so me and in my politics, I think that maybe the government should be a provider instead of for a purchaser, but... Exactly, I agree. Yeah, that's just my opinion, man. (laughs) I mean government prisons instead of private corporate <laughs> prisons that were mm-hmm. trying to make a profit and then the government is paying them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Because whenever you have a middleman like that, whenever you're paying someone else to do it, you're you're losing money. You're losing some so money, like yeah. fiscal conservatives, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get in on this. We yeah, should, come on, guys. Like, I, I get that this is the, the, fundamental, the fundamental difference. <laughs> they think that the government shouldn't be paying for any services. And that it's irresponsible for them, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is our compromise, but... Mm-hmm. Ugh, <laughs> I hate compromise. All of us do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're getting to our $7.5 billion for our EV chargers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the only comment I have on that is that they wanted to focus on your inner city highway corridors hmm. and a lot of rural and disadvantaged areas, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that they said that. We'll see how that is. I mean, uh, rural disadvantaged areas that have electric vehicles, a lot of, you know, like that <laughs> seems like... <laughs> Unless yeah, we I'm, I'm thinking like bring down the cost of those vehicles. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm like thinking back because I grew up in in you know real America in <laughs> rural rural Ohio. Gas guzzling like, America. <laughs> yes, we love our we love our cars, and the people that have an EV out there probably are quote unquote entrepreneurs of sorts that mm-hmm. have a Tesla, mm-hmm. and it's like, do we really need to be building <laughs> just for, for those guys? <laughs> Yeah, for Greg's Tesla. (laughs) When he's got his own charger at home and he's already paid for it and everything. Yeah, Yeah, because a lot of people that live, I mean, like, okay, I don't want to say too much about rural America. Like, I live there. There's a lot of different people that are there. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it it is always good to have these chargers, like, to to facilitate, like, road trips. Because I was was very much thinking about living the van life after I, I graduate. (laughs) <laughs> nice. and like getting an electric an electric cargo van or something Fuck, but like yeah. it's completely impractical if you're doing van life because it's like where are you gonna charge it <laughs> yeah totally would this bill if they put all the charging stations up do you know if you'd be able to go cross country and be able to charge uh, that's at least the intention yeah like, whether it, it, awesome. it ends up that way 
that is the intention. That would be so fucking cool. Yeah, a lot of the language in this this White House fact sheet focuses on... Remember the good old days when we, like, invested money and we got everyone electricity? <laughs> and we got everyone, you know, we, we built the highway system. Mm-hmm. Let's do it again, but newer and shinier. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, that the idea is, like, yes, we have highways. We can get across the country. Now, let's get across the country in electric vehicles. So, <laughs> I, I think that is the intention. That would be so amazing. That would make such a huge difference i guess yeah. uh, if you own an electric vehicle but hopefully that becomes more and more accessible to people so yeah yeah exactly so now we get into our our big 73 billion dollars in power infrastructure and clean energy mm. <laughs> We like, we like to hear it. Mm-hmm. So they want to update our electric grid to mm-hmm. um, just kind of accommodate the new capacity. Uh-huh. You know, because everything takes more power than it did, you know, when we built the electrical system 100 years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. And they also want to make it um, compatible with, like, smart grid uh, technology. Do you know much about that? Mm-mm. I don't know if you have this in California. When I was visiting my friend in San Diego, they have little stickers on all their appliances that says, like, electricity costs more between 5 and 9 p.m. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm familiar with the whole, like, planning <laughs> every activity you do around the time so it's cheaper. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and, and smart grid is, is more than just that. For example, if you're plugging in your, your electric vehicle... They want to encourage you to do that when, like, there's low needs on the power grid, right? Like, uh we want to change this up and down demand on the power grid to a more steady flow. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you need to charge your car, do it at night when everyone's asleep. Yeah, and other people aren't also taxing the system. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the 5 to 9 makes sense. You know, everyone comes home and they want to cook dinner. Like, there's a lot going on in the power grid or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you just want to try and regulate that as best as you can. Yeah, so we're updating our grid, and it also creates this quote-unquote grid deployment authority. What? Um, Whoa. I have absolutely no idea what that means, and nobody does, really. <laughs> okay, yeah, they're still coming uh, up with it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a throwaway line here. Huh. So it's probably going to be part of you know the Department of Energy, hmm. and they're just going to be in charge of this whole power grid upgrade thing. Yeah. You know, you just need to have some extra bureaucrats in there, I guess. You know, keeping an eye eye on things, I suppose. Sure, yeah. And it also, part of that is, like, just um, research, uh, providing funds for research on clean energy. You know, I, I kept coming across research and development. Is that, like, more broad than green energy, or is that specifically in relation to that do you know yeah um tech what they say is it invests it invests in demonstration projects and research hubs for next generation technologies like advanced nuclear reactors carbon capture and clean hydrogen Mm -hmm. so that's what they're thinking interesting it is interesting Uh, i'm glad that somebody's doing research into that yeah 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 Seriously, I mean, 
I hope the nuclear gets taken off the table. <laughs> That's one of my oh, really? main issues. Really? Even though it's green in some ways, we don't have the solutions worked out to deal with the waste and the possible yeah. catastrophes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But. I mean, that's fair. We are, like, creating waste and just, like, digging a hole and, like... Hoping that it doesn't open. Yeah, it's not particularly sustainable. If yeah. we go by the definition of sustainability, like, yeah. living our life in a way that's not detrimental to future generations. Yeah. I think we, we have literally no idea whether this is going to be detrimental to future generations. And we talk about creating signs so that future generations, without knowing the English language, be able to understand that it's a toxic waste dump <laughs> because there's mm-hmm. nuclear waste stored different places and they need to put signage there and they're worried about yeah. trying to communicate to future generations that we dumped a whole bunch of n- nuclear toxic waste someplace not knowing what the world's going to look like 200 years from now, 300 years, and we still don't have a solution for actually disposing of this waste. So that doesn't seem sustainable at all. (laughs) No, not quite. Especially if you have meltdowns. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent off of uh, the kind of stuff that they're doing research and development. Yeah, R&D on clean energy. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So now we have a few little things. So these are extra things that weren't under the bullets that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. They've mentioned electric school buses and ferries again, which is important in Mm -hmm. in repairing this environmental racism. Mm -hmm. And they also, for all these electric vehicles, they're also hoping to promote American manufacturing for these things, Mm -hmm. you know, for electric batteries and whatnot. Nice. Which is good. Yes, I like this, but... Is that going to lead to an increased natural resource extractions for these batteries? Like, Mm. electric batteries, there's a lot of, like, uh, rare earth minerals that have to be extracted for these things. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that from, like, the ocean floor, which is really Mm -hmm. uh, detrimental. So, I, I like this. I like that we're moving to electric stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But... This, this is the problem with capitalism, right? Even when it's green, you're still exploiting the environment yeah. in some way. And it's yeah. like, are we doing that in a way that is sustainable? Yeah. And when you're doing um, it at the scale that you're doing it at with capitalism, mm-hmm. can you keep doing yeah. that? Or just going to run out of that resource real fast? For sure. And they also, I re- okay, here's one thing. They're spending a singular billion dollars on, quote unquote, reconnecting communities. Hmm. So this is important work. So a lot of times when we build highways, we're we're dividing up communities of color, especially yeah. black communities. It's going right through their neighborhood. And so this $1 billion is um, devoted to fixing that, uh-huh. Uh-huh. To, to, you know, helping to reconnect these, which is good. I'm glad that they are acknowledging this, <laughs> that we've done this badly. We've done this wrongly in the past mm-hmm. and that they want to fix it. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't know if one billion is enough. Yeah, that but, seems very small, but yeah. Yeah, but, but saying it is a step. Mm-hmm. So then also airports and seaports. They have 17 billion for seaports and then 25 billion for airports. Hmm. And this is another one where it's like one of the things they said for airports was, quote, repair maintenance backlogs. And I was like, that, I am concerned. Uh, Yeah, that's not good. If our airplane infrastructure is so crappy and backlogged, like, oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry to anyone who is a nervous flyer. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. 
<laughs> Repair backlogs is that's a horrible thing in the airline industry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Don't like to hear this. No. But yeah, $25 billion for airport repair maintenance backlogs. Yeah. Wow. And then $50 billion for building resiliency against climate change and extreme weather events. Mm -hmm. So flooding and droughts, weatherization. They mm -hmm. also mentioned cyber attacks in here, which what? I guess is part of their 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 idea of quote unquote resiliency. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I have heard lately of more hackers getting in and using data as like leverage for ransom and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's important. Yeah, we want cyber secure government. And cyber secure infrastructure where it can't be taken down easily, you know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I think this like brings my attention to the idea of quote unquote resiliency. Yeah. Which can be a loaded word in academic fields. Oh, totally. So, yeah, you have these, these ideas of, like, sustainability versus resiliency versus adaptability. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times some of this can definitely be aimed toward the status quo. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, w sustainability for whom? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Which is another avenue into me preaching about green gentrification but like which is more important for a community resiliency or adaptability it's hard to say yeah totally i almost equate those two terms in my mind i mean it's kind of the same thing isn't it it's a very subtle difference and i think about it a lot with with covid actually mm. are we returning to normal mm -hmm. are we returning to how things were a year and a half ago or are we building a new normal hmm, mm -hmm. that is more inclusive and caters to the needs of more people? Huh, interesting, you know? yeah. Resiliency is like being able to maintain in the face of hardship, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so adaptability is more the ability to change. Uh-huh, uh yeah, very good. A, That's to, a great distinction. Of, of hardship, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like, do we want to go back to where things were before COVID or do we want to build a new norm? Yeah, yeah. Personally, I would like to build a new yeah, norm. For sure. Because that shit was not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we have $55 billion for clean drinking water. Fuck yeah. And the thing I like about this is that they mentioned they're going to replace all... Of the nation's lead pipes yeah. and service lines. Yes. Including those in tribal nations. Uh, which uh, they... Yes. I didn't know that. They specific... <laughs> yes. They specifically mentioned tribal Fuck nations. Yeah. And I was like, yes. <sighs> this... Yes. This is your responsibility. Uh. Yes. Currently, it says up to 10 million American households and 400,000 schools and child care centers are lacking safe drinking water. 400,000 yeah. schools and child care centers? Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. That's... What a fucking yeah. joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, wow. lead in the water for a child? I have I have lead pipes here where I live in, in Denver. Yeah. And yeah. we have to use a Brita pitcher for that. Yeah. But, like... Lead is so detrimental to children's development. Yeah. And in poor neighborhoods, it's so impactful. Like, I'm so excited for this. 
is what I'm Fuck saying. Fuck yeah. And you, do we want to pay in tax dollars for taking care of someone that was made sick by lead poisoning as a child and is disabled the rest of their lives because mm-hmm. of that? Do we want to pay that bill because we just exactly. neglected to replace the pipes? <laughs> That's exactly. fucking insanity. You know? mm-hmm. Just prevent people from being horribly harmed by these toxic, toxic things. Yeah, just clean the drinking water. Yeah, yeah. This is like one of the no-brainer, of course, we should all across the board, Republican, Democrat, no problem. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think it's something that's easy to get into your bubble about. Yeah. Why wouldn't anyone support this? Like, these serious. are our children. I know. <laughs> Seriously. And it's a better financial investment than paying mm-hmm. for someone that cannot work for the rest of their lives. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So after our clean drinking water, we also have $65 billion for high-speed internet. Yes. Yes, we love. <laughs> but I want to say, they say, quote, for every American. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And the White House claims that they did this 100 years ago to get everyone electricity, right? Mm-hmm. But did they? Well, they I was, said it so confidently. I, I, so I was reading just earlier today, actually, about how there was an effort embedded in the New Deal to electrify rural farming properties. Mm -hmm. And they went from being one out of 10 having electricity to being one out of 10 not having electricity because of the New Deal, Mm. which is huge. Like in in a span of less than 10 Mm -hmm. years, all of a sudden people were able to have refrigerators Mm -hmm. or power in their homes. All these things that our lives just depend on now. Because Roosevelt mm-hmm. said we need to invest in these things that are basically human infrastructure. Oh, yeah. Way, way back. Yeah, exactly. And I guess I just want to bring attention to the fact that, yes, they say that we, we brought electricity to everyone 100 years ago, but we still have 60,000 Americans without access to electricity. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. And 75% of those Americans without access are in the Navajo Nation. Oh, my God. Ugh, I didn't know that. Absolutely. Ugh. So, like, Thank you I for... hear you white. Yeah. Thank you for letting <laughs> us know that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And so the White House is, like, trying to pat themselves on the back. Like, remember when we got everyone electricity 100 years ago? We're going to do that now with internet. And I said, okay, well, that's fine. But you say for every American, just like 100 years ago. And it's like, well, are you going to include the specifically for the clean drinking water? They said tribal nations. Wow. They did not specifically say that with this high-speed internet. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I just want... Yes. I just want to bring light to that and keep an eye on it. Yeah, we should absolutely keep track of that. And if that is being made accessible to tribal nations, because that that could make all the fucking difference. In places where mm-hmm. people have been stripped of their livelihoods, stripped of mm-hmm. their means of sustaining themselves, and given nothing to, to build their lives around. Mm-hmm. If, if they at least yeah. had electricity, then you could go online, look for jobs, yeah. do all the things that we do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. to function in the world. It would be a huge move for equity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would like if that would happen. <laughs> Hell yeah, lady. <laughs> I would like that. <laughs> I, would, I would plus one that. <laughs> okay, 
And then the last, the last thing on the list is $21 billion for environmental remediation, which is just yes. cleaning up hazardous sites, the brownfield re- revitalization, you know, etc. Yeah. You know, and all of these things mo- <laughs> greatly impact communities of color, especially black communities. Yeah. So this is, this is good things to be on the docket. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is the extent of the bill and all of the things that are... At least the White House says that are on it. <laughs> and that's specifically for the infrastructure bill. It is just the $550 billion Hell for yeah. this bill. Hell yeah. That is not the human infrastructure. Okay. That is a whole nother thing <laughs> that I didn't even get into. Yeah. The fact that so much of even just this not human infrastructure bill, but just infrastructure bill. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Republicans are really offended by trying to define mm-hmm. infrastructure more broadly as investing in people <laughs> and like mm-hmm. the kind of infrastructure that we need to survive and operate in the world. Yeah. That's amazing that all of that was included in that bill. Yeah. So like the, <laughs> I was particularly concerned about funding. Like, I don't know. Does that make me a Republican? <laughs> <laughs> But yes. you sound very Republican. <laughs> I was raised by Republicans, so that might be coming ah, out. There we go. Yep. The pay fors. We gotta <laughs> think about the pay fors. You gotta pay for it. Um <laughs> so that the White House has two sentences on what they call offsets. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just gonna read it verbatim because yeah. it's two sentences. And it says In the years ahead, the deal will generate significant economic benefits. It is financed through a combination of redirecting unspent emergency relief funds, targeted corporate user fees, strengthening tax enforcement when it comes to cryptocurrencies, Hmm. and other bipartisan measures in addition to the revenue generated from higher economic growth as a result of the investments. Interesting. Yes. I also heard that they're going to go after combating fraud in unemployment assistance cases. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sucks. I remember seeing that, too. Which sucks. I, was I, like, mean, how, I guess fraud, if it's, how, if it's real fraud, then yeah. But Sure, but like it makes me think of the conversation around quote-unquote welfare queens, etc. Yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. there's this, this discussion about how so many people are abusing the welfare system. <laughs> and it's like we need to drug test these people. <laughs> and the actual rate of abuse in the system is very, very low. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's true for unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people were struggling. I'm oh, sure yeah. that most of it was genuine, but I'm sure there were opportunists, <laughs> as there always are. So There always is. Yeah, so that's all they have on the funding side of things. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm concerned about this, this thoughts on... Oh, it'll be funded by the economic growth, because that's <laughs> what, you know, you know who said about the... The 2017 tax cuts, so it, and, and that, that did not prove to be true. So, yeah. like, the, the conservative in me is concerned. <laughs> she doesn't have much of that, people. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, it's not much. <laughs> but thinking about how you pay for things is a real thing. So I, yeah, you know, I'll give Republicans that, even though they get their panties in a bunch about it, and then they <laughs> just are, become obstructionist about it. So... Yeah. But yeah, we, I mean, we do have to figure out how to pay for these huge programs. I think, mm-hmm. did, do you know if they gave up on going after people that were not fully paying their taxes? It looks like as part of our what? bipartisan effort. Thank you, Republicans. <laughs> that, that, no, that is not being 
That is not going to count for us. Uh, and yeah. I, I even opposed it when you first brought it up. But then thinking about, like, if mm -hmm. we're, we're going for, like, a, a rich tax dodgers and trying to r mm -hmm. get their money, hell yeah, let's go get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, no one's coming after me for my yeah. tax. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I would hope not. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get wood, much. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do, you, what do you think you're going to get from me? That's a waste of your time, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not going to be worth the salary you paid the IRS investigator to come totally, see me. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to bring up is like just kind of putting this in the perspective of government spending under capitalism. Mm -hmm. Capitalism holds that the government is not supposed to be the primary driver of economic development. But right now, mm. we've been living through a pandemic where mm -hmm. the whole economy almost came to a screeching halt. And we desperately needed measures to get it going again. So a lot of this, this infrastructure bill is, and, and the human infrastructure bill that's going to follow it, is mm -hmm. all about trying to revitalize things, you know, breathe life back into this just struggling economy. So, and give jobs to people who can now work on building out this infrastructure, which is what happened in mm -hmm. the New Deal. The New Deal, they, they enacted a conservation corps, and what was it? The Since I was more than a little tipsy when we recorded this, I wanted to just add in that the thing I was trying to remember was the Civil Works Administration, which employed four million people. They offered manual labor jobs for millions of unemployed workers who were put to work building roads, the sewer pipe system, they built 40,000 schools, 3,700 playgrounds, and 1,000 airports around the country. Other parts of the New Deal were the Farm Security Administration and the Social Security Administration. And then there was also the Works Progress Administration, which employed 8 million over six years. Now back to the recording where I'm talking about the New Deal. It led to the creation of bridges, highways, and other improvements. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and dams even. So they spent, for the New Deal, $41.7 billion at the time, which would now wow. be over $800 billion today. Wow. Which, if you so, think about the New Deal and how much that revitalized everything and how much that saved yeah. American capitalism, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, capitalists, you should be on board for this you shit. You should love this shit. <laughs> you should eat this <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. And should uh, we be on board for this shit? <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, but now this is going to be so much more money going into the economy, into people's jobs, into infrastructure, into mm -hmm. all these things that are going to make the everyday lives of poor people in America better. Short of revolution, we need this mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to kind of put it also in perspective in relation to the corporate bailouts that we had mm. recently. So, like, the auto industry bailout that happened mm -hmm. under Barack Obama and kind of began under Bush, mm -hmm. really, yeah. for GM and Chrysler, was over $17 billion in 2008. And then the bank bailouts, the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act of 2008, was $427 billion. Wow. And then there was the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, which cost $840 billion, which today is a little bit over a trillion dollars. But that's still wow. a fraction of what they're working on right now. Joe Biden, you can fucking hate him if you want, 
but he is trying <laughs> to get something progressive done that is much more socialistic in a way, you know? Yes, that, you, that is the hope. Yeah, getting the government to foot the bill, invest in the infrastructure, to make our programs work so that people are able to survive. Mm -hmm. So I, I just kind of want people to understand the gravity of this. It's not a little thing that we're trying to get through right now. Mm -hmm. We'll take on more debt, of course. Yeah. But if the economy is stronger and we can deal with that debt and, and we have more mm -hmm. funds to, to direct towards that in the future. I was surprised to learn that a lot of the auto industry bailout funds they got more than what they bailed them out for back. Really? After that, which makes me feel better about that situation because it boils my blood thinking about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 for real. But if you can redirect funds that you got back from them into human infrastructure. Yeah, we need to, we need to care for our citizenry. <laughs> yeah, and not just our banks or mm -hmm. auto companies or you know whatever it yeah, is yeah there are other things contributing to growth in an economy that, that are are worth paying for yeah turns out workers are valuable to an economy <laughs> yeah and that's the thing when you when you talk about like using humans as labor like they are an investment you're investing mm -hmm. in people and it, and there's good and bad to that right like you are banking on your human capital to, to make a profit and we need to take care of we need to take care of our human capital you know like that's why like a lot of this mental health infrastructure and self-care yeah. has come from companies realizing like actually if we don't take care of our, our workers mental health they aren't very productive productive yes <laughs> exactly yeah this is not a sustainable system if we don't take care of the workers, basically. Like. Exactly. Almost like they are the source of your income. Of your wealth. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of your wealth, exactly. Shocking idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I feel like we've gone through a lot today. We, we have. It's been quite an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Talking about infrastructure, which... Who would ever think that that would be entertaining at all? So. <laughs> it's really not. Let's be honest. I'm hoping so, though. I'm, I've been entertained this whole time, so maybe a few yeah, other exactly. people Yeah, exactly. That's be. all that matters. You and I are drunk and having fun, and everyone else can, can get on yeah. board or not. I don't care. <laughs> I think I kind of wanted to do this episode because I knew I needed to learn what the fuck was going on. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on with Erica and Krista? <laughs> the what the fuck is going on show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, when is capitalism going to finally collapse show? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's a when and not an if. And then there's the big question is, is this bill just going to help to prop up and keep end stage capitalism going on its last legs? Yeah. And I think that's that's important to think about because I know a lot of leftists have been like for example the green new deal yeah when you look at the green new deal it's actually increasing mineral and metal extraction by like 110 or 111 percent or wow, something like that i didn't that. know that wow sometimes even even aoc and some of these leftists like don't trust them yeah don't trust politicians i guess is what i should say yeah they have an agenda yeah. And, like, everything should be criticized. <laughs> and it's fair game. And that's kind of our job as yeah. citizens to 
hold them <laughs> accountable. So <laughs> exactly, somebody yeah, somebody has to. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, do we have any closing remarks about this other than like know. yeah? I mean, I, here's here's what I would say. Mm-hmm. If I am a politician, mm-hmm. I vote yes. Do you mm-hmm. vote yes? Absolutely, because it's the most progressive and the most far-reaching bill to address a lot of these problems that we've had in a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Or ever. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that there are things to be criticized about this, but, yeah. like, I would say, yes, this is overall doing, doing good things. Mm-hmm. So I say yes, yes to, to the infrastructure. Yes. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> I, uh, I say yes to it too overall. Is there a caveat coming? I mean, like, obviously we have to wait and see mm-hmm. what the actual verbiage of the, yeah. the bill is. And, and we'll have to see how it goes through the House of Representatives. Yeah, yeah. But as it stands, I'm excited about this. I'm <laughs> optimistic yeah. about this. Me too, dude. Me fucking too. (laughs) I mean, especially seeing the enormity of it versus past things that the U.S. government has done. It's really, Mm -hmm. really big. And it could make a difference for people with disabilities and the poor and, you know, the marginalized Mm -hmm. all across America. I thought I'd add one concern of mine about this bill and the human infrastructure bill that will follow these things might be used by the Democratic Party to say that, oh, look, We tried to push some really progressive legislation through. We tried to make these things happen, greening our infrastructure and for the economy and for the little guy, but we couldn't do it, sorry, and then they feel off the hook. So that's one thing to keep in mind when we're thinking about these huge, potentially transformative bills. Should we do our our closing cheers? (laughs) I guess so, yeah. Like with that, I mean that's been that's been the infrastructure bill. Like uh-huh. take take it as you will. Have your own opinions. I'm open to opposing opinions totally. on, on what totally. we said here, but for the most part, you know, we're on board. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so, so you want to? I'll do a one, two, yeah, three, try. Let's and then give I'll it a try. try. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Here's to those, Here's to those who, who wish, us, wish well. us well. <laughs> and to those who don't. <laughs> and to those who don't, go to hell. <laughs> the go to hell part was perfect. <laughs> Fuck yeah, lady. <laughs> you look like you're going a little bit horizontal over there. <laughs> that last sip was like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a nap. That's what I'm gonna say. I might need a little bit of a nap too, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> on that note, you're, you're the fucking shit, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show yes. for being, for doing this research with me. You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was really fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me some purpose <laughs> for over this summer. This, you too, this dude. Grad school summer. You're giving me purpose too. I just went through. 20 shots of purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at my tongue. Uh. That's so blue. Chris's tongue is it's so blue, blue right now, guys. <laughs> oh my god, mine is too. I had no idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Chris is the shit. Oh, Erica's the I'm shit. I'm so happy to introduce her to you all. <laughs> oh. And, um, 
yeah tune in next time guys yeah here's to those who wish us well and to, to those, those who, who don't, don't go, go to hell, hell. Yeah. all righty then <laughs> yeah talk to you next time then <laughs> whoop, whoop. I want to address the need to find financial support for the show if I'm going to be able to continue doing this research and spending so much time diving into these stories as deeply as I can and providing this educational content and entertainment for all of you. I have created a Patreon account and you can go and contribute to the cocktail fund via Patreon. Um, that's patreon.com slash cocktails and capitalism spelled out. And I'm also working on setting up a Venmo cocktail fund and a PayPal so that you guys can easily send tips that can go towards the cocktail fund and the podcast more generally. So I would love to have any support that you guys can offer. I know these are difficult times for so many people financially, so I don't want to take money from people that can't support. But for those that can, I would love to have your support and, and continue to have you as a listener. I also want to address the fact that Hillary has left the show. She was a wonderful co-host and an amazing partner to work on these projects with, but for personal reasons, she had to leave the show. And I respect that. I respect what she's doing now. She started her own podcast, The Anatomy Nerd. So go check that out. And she's going to be coming back for one final episode that's going to be coming up in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm.